Welcome to Unit 8 of our online course. This podcast episode is all about snotty noses. So in this episode, I'm joined by vet Rob Michael, and we're going to be talking about what to do if your horse has a snotty nose and some common causes, including pneumonia, equine flu, strangles, sinus infections, and allergies. So lots of information here in this unit, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so let's get started then. So Rob, could you start off by just giving me uh, a little bit of information about yourself? Uh, I know we've worked together uh, on a course in Liverpool, but perhaps you could just explain to everybody what your background is and your special areas of um, interest and research are. Sure, yeah. Well, um, so my background is um, I've been in equine practice for 10 years now. and um, I am a, um, a RCVS recognised advanced practitioner in um, equine internal medicine. So that's kind of my interest and um, uh, what, what I, I try and focus a, a lot of my time on. Um, I'm particularly interested in um, things like ophthalmology and gastroenterology. Um, and uh, but uh, in general practice, so see a bit of everything really. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I love the job and I, I, I really like um, passing that information on and um, give, give, giving um, some, some sound advice and, um, and, and just love doing these courses. Um, the last one we did um, was up in Aintree um, last yeah, year. Yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, it was yeah. Um, so look forward to, uh, to doing some more. But um, so... I think I think we're just doing a few a few, a few units on on your course here, um, and the first one being um, unit eight with snotty noses. Which snotty at the noses, moment, um, very topical. Yeah, yeah, particularly myself because I think I'm coming down with a bit of flu as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I've just got over my own snotty mm. nose. Yeah, mm. definitely. So yeah, as you said, we're going to look at snotty noses in this episode, and I think for for most horse owners, snotty noses is just a kind of ah panic and I think everyone thinks strangles straight away mm. but actually there are you know, more than one cause of a snotty nose and I guess there's the snot in the snot so if anyone's yeah. feeling a bit weak stomachs we are going to be talking about snot yeah. in quite a lot of detail yeah. so the things we were going to chat about was what to do if a horse has a snotty nose and some of the many causes because I think as a horse owner snot you just automatically think strangle panic disaster but actually there are quite a few few more causes um, which we'll be going through in a moment so what if you notice a snotty nose in your horse rub what would be the best thing to do I mean obviously panicking is never good so what what should the horse owner do if they notice any kind of nasal discharge coming from their horse absolutely and I think um, the, the, the message of don't panic is, is will probably come through quite a lot in these in these modules Definitely. Um, but yeah um, I, I think obviously um, snot is 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 a is a, a, a a good clinical sign but the problem with snot is um it, it looks the same whatever the condition so um it, it, it really it's really important to to start trying to gather um some more information um to try and um get an idea of of you know is this going to be a, a, a contagious cause is this um a non-contagious thing that that um i shouldn't be too worried about but you know we, we generally always recommend um calling the vet but in in terms of what you can do to start with um i, I think what what i would always be doing is is, is checking that horse's temperature initially mm-hmm. yeah uh, I'd, 
be monitoring that horse's um, appetite, general demeanour, um, and um, make, making sure that they're 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 doing their normal daily routine stuff. Um, I would certainly um, throw caution to the wind and and um, isolate my horse um, in terms of you know just making sure that um, if I've got any other horses that I'm dealing with that that snotty horse last, mm-hmm. um, and and anyone else on the yard knows to just um, leave my horse alone until at least the vet's seen it and, and we can get some a better idea of, 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 of why that um, why that particular horse has got a snotty nose. Definitely so just being a little bit sensible um, taking all the temperature is, is a really good idea and just mm-hmm. keeping your horse away from the others and as you know if I was to call you up saying oh my horse has got a snotty nose mm-hmm. I guess that can differ from a really slight um, watery mucus like the tiniest bit in one nostril to full-on, so it's a bit gross, greeny, yellow, thick mm. snot. And I guess mm. it's just that you kind of need to know how much snot is there and it's kind of consistency. I guess more detail yes. is probably helpful, isn't it? Yes, and um, again, that will start to try and um, sort of differentiate between the various different types of um, of, of condition, um, particularly um, with, in, with reference to, to snotty nose. So is this a clear and um, profusely watery discharge mm-hmm. is, it, is it a very uh, thick yellow greeny discharge is there a smell there um so a lot of these things can can start helping your vet to have a better idea of of um of potentially what what may be going on also you know is is it is it one nostril both nostrils um gem, generally in general terms we, we tend to mainly see um a unilateral um, discharge which which means just coming from from one nostril. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so as an owner, I want to analyse the snot uh, to, to an extent so I can help, <laughs> help my vet and give more information yeah. and take my horse's temperature <clears throat> and try and separate my horse just to be on the safe side. So it's definitely, a snotty nose is, is a key time to call a vet. And I think it's, it's probably easy to dismiss a small amount of, of mucus, but I think it's there for a reason, isn't it? And it should really be yeah. looked into. Absolutely. Um, you know, for, for instance, we'll obviously go through some of, some of these conditions. Um, a, a horse with equine influenza will be a very profuse discharge, whereas a horse with, with something like a sinusitis may only be a very small amount. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that that sinusitis isn't very important. You know, these horses need veterinary attention. And um, just because it's a small amount um, doesn't, doesn't mean to say it's not significant. Certainly. Well, if horse sinusitis is anything like human sinusitis, um, mm. <laughs> that's really uncomfortable. So, yeah, yeah you need the vet. So, if we start thinking about some of the potential causes, then, um, how about equine herpes virus? So, that could be a potential cause of snotty nose. Absolutely. Um, so, um, vi- viral causes. Obviously, we're looking at um, in, if, 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 an umbrella, uh, umbrella sort of approach these things being contain uh, some in- infectious or non-infectious um the, the first kind of infectious um group here that we'll be talking about is um a- a- a viruses and particularly equine um herpes virus um which we tend to term ehv1 or ehv4 um and they often infect the respiratory tract they, they can um cause other conditions um and those of you that work in um in the racing industry will will be f- fully aware of this condition um it, it tends to be common in foals young and young horses in training 
Um, and, and we tend to see, um, again, fever, um, lethargy. We'll get some nasal discharge. A horse will tend to be off its food. Um, and and the, the, they will, will, will have a cough with this. It is very infectious. Um, and um, we, 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 um, we routinely vaccinate brood mares on, on, on big, big race stables um, against this. And um, mainly for um, the, the other reason that, 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 we, um, that we're concerned about equine herpes is because it, it does cause mass abortion. But okay. um, so, um, but but the, that's the main reason that we vaccinate these mares. But um, but the other cause is we, we we do see a lot of cough coughing horses with some, some mild nasal discharge, um, and 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 these can sometimes have herpes virus. Unfortunately, with, the, with these with these type of horses, we, t- we we don't always get a diagnosis of herpes virus. We'll quite often put it down to to if we can't if we can't diagnose any other conditions, bacterial, um, sinusitis, um, uh, influenza, we, we quite often end up thinking, well, this, this could be herpes. Um, the Animal Health Trust do, do, do a great job and we, and we tend to send, um, they tend to test these um, equine influenzas and viral causes for free at, at particular times. They're running free tests at the moment. Um, but yeah, so um, the, these guys, um, herpes virus, um, very contagious and, and runs through yards very quickly. So, sorry, excuse me. So, a, a viral cause like equine herpes virus is potentially more commonly found in the racing world, yeah. but I, I assume can also just pass over to a leisure horse as, mm. as well, just because it's more routinely found in racing doesn't mean it couldn't affect it. Um, a, a leisure horse or just, a, you know, sort of family plod. Uh, and there were a few outbreaks, I seem to remember a few years ago, um, maybe about 10 years ago, Berkshire, I seem to think, had quite a, um, a problem where it wasn't just racing, racing yards being uh, affected. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's one for people to be aware of, definitely. Okay, so uh, another cause that we could consider then would be pneumonia. Uh, and I think that's probably not one that you necessarily think of um, with horses, mm. isn't it? Pneumonia, I think we tend to associate perhaps with older people. So, does it yeah. affect just old horses, young horses? Who, who's that affect? Yeah. So, um, yes, pneumonia, uh, as, as you say, um, it, a lot of our clients wouldn't really be aware, um, particularly in this country where horses aren't aren't travelling over um, long distances, um, and that's where we we quite often, you know, present uh, the presentation tends. Can, can, can sometimes be a horse that's travelled a long distance. Um, it's, been, it's been in a, in, in, a, in a wagon for a long time with its head up. Um, the, these guys can be very prone to to, um, to to get pneumonia, sometimes known as shipping fever. Oh, hi. Yeah, um, I've heard of that. Um, in, in, in young horses that, that are, that are travelled like this, um, it, it's common. Um, in the older horse, um, it, it can also happen, um, and, and sometimes um, one um, one sort of side effect, as it were, to um, choke um, is they could aspirate some food um, and, and set up a, a pneumonia that way. Um, so that there's there's a few different ways that a horse can get pneumonia. Um, it can sometimes be totally idiopathic, so um, which basically means of no known cause, and and, and they've got a pneumonia. Um, so um, they, 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 
they're actually very sick animals, as you can imagine. It, with, with pneumonia with ourselves, it, it, it is a can be a life-threatening condition. Um, uh, a risk factor, um, I think. I think we, we mentioned in the slides here is um, exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. Um, so that these are horses that are um, exercising to, to to a limit where they're causing um, hemorrhage within within the, within the lungs, um, and that can set up an, an inflammatory process and and actually um, can can end up with a pneumonia on on top of that. So, and is pneumonia as infectious as um, a, a viral cause? So it spread no. from horse to horse. This doesn't spread. No, um, it's, it, it will be completely um, isolated. It will be normally one, one particular horse, um, and you, you may have a number of horses that are, that are transported. Um, and it doesn't mean say all horses on that on that wagon are, are going to go down with pneumonia. Um, it, it, it can just be one one particular horse. What we generally um say is if if the horses are traveling long distances and they, they should they should have a, a chance to to get off and and um lower their head um uh, uh, you, you may be aware the mucociliary clearance um process um is very important in the horse um whilst they've got their head down grazing um anything that's in the lungs is is cleared via um, via that and uh, is, is, um, is, it acts as a great defence uh, against infection. So it's really important that the horse has its head head down, particularly on long journeys. Um, so so we wouldn't normally say you know stop at some point, get your horse off, um, and, and allow it to have its head down for for a short period of time. Well, that's really good advice. And I, I guess um, we tend to think long journeys are you know horses competing internationally in flying but actually mm -hmm. maybe you've qualified for um, a riding club championships or something and that journey might be I don't know four or five hours but it is a lot longer than probably most horses are used to traveling and I guess that still puts them in a slight danger category doesn't it for yeah. it's a long time for them to have their head as you said in an upright fixed position so it's not just the sort of elite race event horse traveling around the world it's at, at risk of um, pneumonia as a result of, of traveling it's, it could be the leisure horse as well i guess you could just get stuck in a traffic jam couldn't you and um yeah. you know your three-hour journey turns into to four hours or something so yeah. no, that, that's that's some brilliant advice so not infectious pneumonia there's a risk from traveling a longer distance even if, even if you didn't think you were going that way you've got stuck in yeah. traffic and then um there's also a risk following choke which is um one of the reasons that we do recommend that we're called out for choke and obviously choke is covered in one of our other units uh on a, a different podcast other day but so that's really good to know that's another snotty nose cause the next one i thought we could talk about is really topical because at the moment we're recording this february 2019 early february and there is pretty much a sort of equine influenza outbreak isn't there racing's been held off for a few days Yes. People are calling every practice in the country, trying to get their horse to have an extra boost of vaccination. Mm -hmm. So it seems, yeah, very topical. But this um, this is a, a key um, sign of a snotty nose or potential sign of a snotty nose. So, yeah, what can you tell us about equine influenza? Yes, gosh. So, yes, we, we are currently going through um, a bit of a, um, a, an influenza scare. Racing's been um, called off and... Um, until further notice, I guess at this stage, but um, we're hoping it's only going to be a short period of time. Um, 
so it is highly contagious. Um, very very short incubation period, one to five days. Um, and um, you know, we, we, again, it's, yes, it's a snotty nose. Um, it tends to be clear, um, watery nasal discharge. Um, it can change colour um, over a number of days. Um, they tend to have, um, you know, be very uh, harsh cough, very very high temperatures on on these guys. So, um, you know, above 39. Um, in the, in, even into the 40s, it's so very important to um, make sure that you do have thermometers and you are using them regularly because um, what's normal for your horse may not be normal for another horse. So it's good, a good idea to try and get an idea of, of what sort of um, temperature your horse generally has on, on, a, on a normal day. They'll have um, in, enlarged um, glands under their under their jaw, um, and like us, they 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 can have um, Sort of discharge from their eyes, redness. Um, they'll, they'll be off their food. They'll, they'll be feeling sorry for themselves, um, particularly if, if they're a, obviously a, a gelding or a stallion. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be feeling more sorry yeah. for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, they they um, they do sometimes also get some filling of their lower limbs. So um, it's very important condition at the moment as as you're uh, as, as as we've just um, alluded to um obviously we've got um generally good herd immunity with with our back with our vaccines it could be a lot better um in in the population of horses that um that that you know are generally competing um it's it's uh, it's a uh, compulsory um and there's set set dates um, of, of when when these horses should be getting vaccinated, so it's very unusual that that we we, we have many problems in these horses. It's important to, to remember um, that even vaccinated horses um, can catch this um, condition. They can suffer with with influenza, but they tend to be a lot milder um, clinical signs. Um, so very very similar to to humans. If you know, even though we have um, the vaccine out there, you can still pick it up, but you just generally won't won't be as sick. So if you notice a snotty nose in your horse and your horse being really quite unwell, then mm. equine influenza is, is a potential um, possible cause then for, mm. for that case, because it, as you described, it sounds you know, quite a lot like human flu and you do feel pretty rough, don't you? You've got that mm. fever, high temperature, and you just feel dreadful. Although, as you said, of course, if you're... <laughs> If you're a man, you obviously just feel even worse. But yeah. we, we need lots more sympathy. <laughs> you need lots more sympathy, yeah, yeah. for the epic man flu. Um, <laughs> but back to the horses. So we've talked about vaccinations um, earlier on in, in the course. Um, but could you just remind us, like, what is the initial course for flu vaccinations? Mm. And I'm sure, as you said, most owners do have the horses vaccinated for flu, for, for competition rules, and also to try and improve the health of their horse as well as the total horse population but it's, it's such an important thing to do for owners isn't it it's really important for a number of reasons as, as you've said and, and um we, we have um guidelines um and we also have um manufacturer um data sheets to bear in mind but um if you're competing you, you will be focusing on 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 the fei rules um jockey club rules 
Um, and so they, they have a, an initial course, um, which is free vaccinations. Um, your, your first vaccination of, uh, generally is, is, is a combined vaccination of equine influenza and tetanus. Second vaccination is given um, 21 to 92 days later. They're very strict about this. It has to be within that time frame. Um, and then the third vaccination is given at 150 to 215 days. Um, the third vaccination tends to just be flu um, and not the combined. They then have booster vaccinations and they have to be given within 365 days of that third vaccination. And what happens if, you know, life gets in the way and you just miss your booster vaccination? Do you have to start again? So, um, yes, good question. And I, I, my approach to this is if you are um, competing, then, then yes, there's, there's no question. Um, and, and ultimately, it's, it's your responsibility. It's not, not your vet's responsibility um, to know whether you're compete, competing under these certain rules. Generally, if, if, you, if you're not doing very much and you've just got uh, a pet in the back, back of your garden or you just, um, you're a happy hacker, um, if you've gone over by a few days, your horse is not suddenly going to lose all of its immunity within those few days or weeks. Um, and so we can generally make a decision um, based upon, you know, what you're what you're doing, what your expectations are and and, um, and the general health of that horse. So whilst I would say good practice, get your horse vaccinated within that, you know, within that 365 day, days, um, it, it's not. It's not a um, life-threatening um, sort of situation if, if you've gone a few days over. What I'd also say is, at the end of the day, with this, you know you're at least getting your vet out once a year. You can ask them any questions, any other problems you've got. You might ask them to, you know, could you have a look at this or could you even do your horse's teeth? So it's a perfect perfect chance to to get your vet out, to give your horse a bit of an MOT. We'd love to do that, you know, um, as, as a sort of general MOT rather than seeing you at times of, um, you know, bad times, you know, whether it's... Yeah, definitely. It's, it's quite more common, isn't it? You see your vet when everything's gone wrong, so it's quite nice yeah. to see them uh, just as some routine work. And I, I guess it, it varies across the country, practice to practice, but I think vaccinations aren't as expensive as people no. sometimes um, are concerned that they might be. Particularly if you, you might be able to take your horse um, to the clinic to be vaccinated. Some mm. practices will operate um, a, a special system where on different days of the week, if to travel to your area, they don't charge a call-out fee, just a routine work such as vaccination. So I think you can, it, it's a false economy not to vaccinate your horse is, is what I, I think the take-home message from that yeah. would be. And then how about vaccinating every six months? I know that's what you have to do if you're competing under FEI rules, which is, Probably more than most owners are going to do. That would be sort of mm. higher echelons of, of competition and obviously Olympic level stuff. Um, but what about at the time, like at the moment, when people are panicking because there is, you know, lots more cases of, of flu so far this year. I think there's, there's more cases so far this year than there was for all of last year. So people are having a bit of a panic. Mm. Would you recommend that people vaccinate? Uh, six monthly, use a six monthly booster, or stick with an annual one. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? So, uh, my my approach currently is um, yes, obviously um, the FEI F FEI dictate that that 
horses competing under their rules are vaccinated every six months for, for flu. Um, there, there is evidence that um, antibody levels do drop off between six and 12 months. And I think um, I would take this as a, as a sort of case-by-case -case scenario. Obviously, if you're competing under FEI rules, then you'll be doing this anyway. If you're not competing under FEI rules um, and your horse hasn't been vaccinated in the last six months, this particular time where we're having a big outbreak, I think it's good It's good management to think, right, well, I am going to get my horse vaccinated. What we're, what we're thinking is this is going to give a good boost to the national herd and, and try and prevent any, any further spread. So, so I think, I think, you know, this, this period where you've got six to 12 months um, that your horse hasn't been vaccinated, um, consider a vaccination and, and just a slight caveat to that I would say um, if you're if you're on a big busy yard where there's lots of comings and goings I would say it's probably slightly more important if sure so if you're yeah a big yard as everyone's going out to competitions every weekend um, a bit more important to have a sort of a top-up booster so yeah. to speak whereas yeah. if you've got your horse in your back garden and you just do a bit of slogging around you're in a little private yard with three other horses and then yeah. half of them retired or something probably your annual booster would be sufficient absolutely and like we said before it's probably best not to panic although it sounds all very scary doesn't it uh, and yeah. some people are concerned about a big epidemic but um just being sensible and some basic biosecurity, which we will be covering in another episode, would help as well as the vaccination. Okay, so another cause I thought we could talk about was sinus infections. And I don't think some owners are aware that horses can even get like sinusitis. Is it similar to in a human? Because I know I've had that myself. And my goodness, it gave me such a headache. It's really uncomfortable. Yes. Um, obviously, the actual... Um, the, the anatomy of the horse's sinus is 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 very different to ours. Um, I, I'm I'm fortunate that I've I've never really suffered terribly with it. But um, yes, I'm led to believe it's very painful in humans. I don't tend to to find that that horses with sinusitis are terribly painful. I do sometimes see that they they look a bit quiet and a bit a bit lethargic. And whether that is you know and that's that's um, that's us not being able to interpret a, a horse that's in pain very well, um, but I don't think they're as painful as as as, as we find it. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a very similar condition. But these horses generally don't have a temperature. Um, they're generally still eating and drinking. Um, so that's why I think that they they're not they're not as they don't tend to to come across as sick horses. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but yes, they they do they do have a very um, a very obvious snotty nose, very very green, and um, the, these guys are the very smelly, smelly ones, unfortunately. So as an owner, smelly snot is likely to indicate um, a sinus infection, uh, so you, you're not going to be able to miss this one from the sounds of it. No, um, you tend to smell these guys before you see them. Um, Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you can't miss it then. And what yeah. could cause sinusitis in a horse or in, you know, inflammation of the sinuses? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, quite a quite a, a list of things that can cause can cause sinuses. Um, so um, infection 
And so that infection can just be a, a, pri a primary infection um, for no other reason. Um, dental disease, I, fi I find um, that uh, it's very common um, for these guys to have some form of dental disease. Mm -hmm. um, so um, we, we tend to diagnose these, these guys um, by, by way of x-ray. We, we tend to take x-rays of the sinuses to prove that there's um, a sinus infection in there. And, and then we'll take some x-rays of, of, of the upper teeth on, on the side of the, of the nasal discharge. Um, and we, we, we also see um, slightly more um, unusual, but um, we, 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 see, we see them every now and again, uh, cysts in the sinus. Uh -huh. um, so again, these tend to be diagnosed on, on, on X-ray. Um, ethmoid hematomas. Um, th this is a, an endoscopic diagnosis. So um, when, when we're investigating these guys, we'll, we'll X-ray them. We'll also pass a, an endoscope up into their into their nasal passages. Um, and these are um, sort of a progressive ethmoid hematoma. Um, and so they they can set up a, a sinus infection um, and trauma. Um, so um, I, I, I remember a case going back where a horse was was bought um, on on loading. The horse re reared um, and um, fractured its frontal bone, um, entering the sinus, and that horse technically set up a, a sinus infection. So so trauma can can, can cause um, sinus infections as well. Okay, so um, not infectious cause of a snotty nose your horse isn't going to have a temperature should be eating and, and drinking should seem relatively well however you're not going to be able to miss this because you're going to have really thick gunky snot mm. which as you said is just going to smell pretty disgusting so yeah. perhaps um definitely a, a, a cause to, to look out for and it sounds like one that owners wouldn't be able to miss and it's really interesting what you said about dental disease because you know we're trying to help people to take better care of their horses mm. Um, and we just keep going back to, to prevention, don't we? Um, being best, the best thing going, so making sure your horse's teeth um, are up to date uh, and well maintained is so important. Obviously, not just that they can eat well, but just to prevent other conditions. So that would be, um, <clears throat> excuse me, another condition that that would um, help prevent. Definitely. And then, how about um, allergies? Because so we're recording this February. The winter feels like it's been going on forever. Lots of horses are stabled more. Mm. Um, you know, you, you do get dust allergies. Could that be a cause of snotty noses as well then? Yes, it, it certainly can be. So um, uh, allergies um, to a number of different things, um, fungal um, molds, bacterial dust, um, can all result in, in the, the coughing horse um, they tend to have a, a mild, a mild nasal discharge, a, a clear nasal discharge, um, and um, this, these are the kind of I bracket these into the environmental, environmental mm -hmm. causes of of of, um, of nasal discharge, um, and and I think with these, um, you know, it's important um, to consider your horse's environment you know if you if, if you're going in there and seeing a very dusty room and uh, a dusty stable and um you've got wet bedding you know just think would you like to be in this environment because i know i wouldn't and, and um you know i 
I think I would be coughing if in, in some of the stables I go into, there's cobwebs everywhere, there's there's wet bedding and um, there's no airflow. Um, these are the horses that are going to be suffering from um, these these sort of we, I term, we term them inflammatory airway disease. Um, people probably come across them across various different types of um, uh, names. We, we we sometimes call also call these equine asthma. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, I think I think it's a lot of people know their horses suffer with this. Um, they tend to be up to speed with 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 the sort of general management. But but if you've got a a, a few coughing horses on the yard um, uh, that that are well, um, not very uh, sort of thick yellowy nasal discharge, um, it, it's worth consider considering the environmental cause. So things that owners could try would be perhaps like keeping the horse turned out a bit more, which I appreciate can be mm-hmm. difficult in the winter. Um, as you, you talked about cobwebs, I'm, I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. I always seem to notice that, particularly in like American barns, and yeah. you just think they're in the, you know, horses can be stabled for, well, almost 24 hours a day, but sometimes in the winter. Um, that's not going to do, as you said, I wouldn't like to be living there. Um, and then if you can smell like ammonia quite strongly, then that can't be very good for their respiratory system either, can it? But, you know, as you say, wet bedding, that yeah. does create a pretty powerful smell, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess trying to find good quality forage or steaming or soaking hay, perhaps yeah. using haylage. So anything you can do to just kind of make everything a bit more hygienic uh, and a little bit less dusty and free from spores would, would really help with, with um, allergies then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we have to remember, this country is very fortunate for this because it's very windy generally. And um, if you can try and create some good airflow in your stable, you, yeah. you, you, you'll manage this well. So um, having two um, openings, so a window in the back of the stable, uh, a, you know, obviously you've got the stable door, that, that generally creates a, a great, free flow of air and, and, and replaces the air in that stable quickly. So um, so the dusts, et cetera, um, you're reducing that, that sort of allergen um, burden. And, um, you know, if, if you can't get your horse out in the winter, which, you know, many of us can't, um, that, that's a great solution to try and in, increase the airflow. That's so interesting that you said that because I think um, loads of stables have a, a back window, and I would say mm-hmm. 99% of horse owners would be religiously shutting those yes. because they think it's cold or it's mm-hmm. raining or it'll be mm-hmm. too drafty. So yeah. actually, um, horse owners in that instance are possibly quite wrong, and horses yeah. can they need the airflow. As you said, they they can cope quite well out in the field. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't be kind of too paranoid about. Mm-hmm. A bit of wind and you know the odd uh, bit of rain popping through a back window is actually much healthier for them to have that airflow. Absolutely. Oh, that's very very interesting. And as I said, I think most owners love sort of shutting all the doors at night, and you see the big doors on like an American barn, you know, being tightly shut together, which is probably not creating the, the best environment for a spiritual wise, is it? But, yes, um, so no, that's that's really interesting. Well, thanks for that. Brilliant. Okay, and then. The one we haven't talked about yet, which we mentioned mm-hmm. at the beginning, snotty mm-hmm. noses often equals strangles. And mm-hmm. I think when everyone hears the term strangles, they just panic, don't know what to do, want to kind of run and hide, and it gets a bit of a bad press, doesn't it? So, okay. firstly, what is strangles? And yeah, tell us firstly what is strangles, and then so, let's talk about yeah. what we should, what we can do. 
So um, I'm glad we've left this last because um, I think it's, we should probably um, remind people not to be thinking of this as a first as a first line condition in in your horse with a snotty nose. I think it's important um, that we know what it is because um, there's lots of myths out there about it. It's a it, it, it's a bacterial upper respiratory a bacterial infection. It's caused by Streptococcus equi. Um, it, it will. Um, it, it is infectious. Um, it it is not um, as easily spread as something like influenza. So influenza is um, a viral infection and is spread by way of aerosol. So um, it can kind of spread from stable to stable, even without your horses. Um, uh, come into contact, whereas um, with a bacterial um, infection, these guys have to come um, into direct contact with one another. So, so um, with that in mind, it, it, it can it can be relatively, and um, I say relatively because we're still not that good at, at preventing it from spreading. But but you can control its spread a lot easier than um, something like influenza. So what you see, you'll see um, nasal discharge, you'll see um, a raised temperature, um, lymph nodes here with these guys, you know, that the, the infection tends to spread to the, to the lymph nodes, um, so they become very enlarged, um, and um, you tend to find enlarged lymph nodes behind, um, behind the jaw, uh, under the jaw, um, so they're the most common, common sites of, 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 in, of infection. Would your horse feel quite unwell, like you said, with um, yeah. equine flu? You know, they're going to be feeling pretty off colour. How about with strangles? Would they be feeling unwell? You said they had a raised temperature, the discharge, and the, the um, enlarged glands and lymph nodes. So um, we get a much um, broader spectrum with this condition. Mm -hmm. So um, ranging from the horses that are very, very unwell. Um, and um, uh, and uh, are presented basically like a textbook and, and, and look like the horse, why you would call it strangles, you know, they, um, they can even be struggling to breathe. We don't see them very often. Um, all the way down to just a, a horse with a snotty nose and, um, you know, they, they, they're not fitting any of those clinical pictures that we would all generally um, go to. So um, we, we, we do see these asymptomatic carriers so again um, these horses aren't sick at all so there's a big spectrum um, they don't have to have uh, enlarged lymph nodes uh, and a snotty nose um, they may just be having they may just have a snotty nose they might not have a temperature so with these guys it can sometimes be a little bit trickier um, to diagnose strangles just by um, by looking at the, the, the general presentation but again, very important to be checking all of these things. And, and, and I think if you're ticking a few of those kind of boxes, I think it's important to, to consider that this could be strangles um, and treating them appropriately. So as we said at the beginning of this unit, we should be, um, with any of these horses, um, doing good biosecurity measures, um, setting up some sort of isolation. You know, not everyone's yard um, has isolation units. Um, but there's little things that you can do to try and prevent any further spread from the minute that you see your horse with a snotty nose, be it um, 
whether it's a sinusitis or strangles. So um, if we thought your horse had strangles, so you've noticed, um, perhaps you've noticed all of these symptoms, call the vet would be the first thing to do and uh, isolate the horse. And I suppose monitoring the other horses would be quite important. As you yeah. said, it is really infectious. Um, thankfully, it doesn't get past them perhaps quite as easily mm. as equine influenza. But horses being horses, their stuff just gets spread everywhere, doesn't it? And would it mm. pass on, um, I suppose it could pass like through people, through yeah. yard animals, the same wheelbarrow going from stable to stable. I guess mm. there's lots of different ways it could pass um, from horse to horse as well as direct like nose-to-nose contact, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and um, again, good, good yard management. We should all have our own, um, you know, head collars, lead ropes, buckets, um, hoof picks, thermometers, just for that very reason. Um, I think it's very important to, to bear in mind that, that this can be spread by people um, if um, the infection got on someone's hands, for instance, a vet or a farrier or a physio. Um, so um, very important to make sure that if your horse has had a snotty nose for a few days, although it may not look, be looking unwell, um, I think it's important to, to let anyone know that may be dealing with your horse that, um, that, that may be going on to deal with another horse, that that's the case because, you know, that, that is a very important uh, cause of, of the spread of, of strangles. So it's very easy to try and prevent that um, uh, uh, by just letting people know. Um, and I think, you know, Unfortunately, there's a bit of a stigma uh, with with strangles, and that's what sometimes pre- prevents that from happening. Um, but I think it's important to to let people know because um, it, it can can prevent a lot a lot of heartache, a lot of money, a lot of lost time on yards, um, and ultimately sometimes it's people's livelihoods that we're talking about. So I think um, just a bit of honesty. Look, my horse has got a bit of a snotty nose. Until we know what's going on, please don't touch it. So speaking of about strangles is, is a great point. I'm really glad you raised that. Because um, we support the Red Wings campaign, which is mm. just like you just said, it's just not sweeping under the carpet. So if your horse had a slight snotty nose, do something about it. And if it has got strangles, it's not it's not quite the end of the world. It might feel like it at the time, but if you actually take you know prompt action like you've just been describing, well, it could be contained relatively easily within a yard, and and it could just save, as you said, money, heartache, and lots of knock-on consequences for for yourself and other people on the yard later on if, if people were just a little bit more honest and and spoke up and, and didn't kind of worry about their horse having strangles because it's how sort of dangerous is strangles for a horse? I mean, it doesn't sound overly pleasant, but uh, is it going to you know be, make them really unwell? Um, could it kill them? So generally, this has um, we, we we use these two words morbidity and mortality, which basically means um, sick horses versus unfortunately horses that will, will die from a condition. And in this, uh, strangles has. Um, a high morbidity so yes your horses will be sick you know and and again there's a big um range of 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 you know how sick your horse will be um some of them will just have a snotty nose and get over it quickly some of them will um go off their food and um will be um, will be unwell for a number of days um in terms of you know the likelihood of your horse dying from it is very very low low numbers so i, I generally um tell people that 
approximately 5% of horses may succumb to this condition. Um, and, and I find that the, these, um, these tend to be um, horses that have um, had the condition for a long time um, and, and it forms bastard strangles. And people are aware that there's this condition called bastard strangles. Um, and this is where then the infection spreads around the body and you get abscesses forming in, in lots of different sites and these horses will be very sick. But fortunately, we don't see that very often. Um, and the vast majority recover well um, with just gen general, general good nursing care. Um, we try and get the abscesses uh, around around the, the neck area to, to burst. And these horses are, are generally feeling a lot better very quickly. Um, but, but yeah, low, low numbers of horses, 5%, um, if that, will, will succumb to it. Well, that's certainly really reassuring to hear. So it's, strangles isn't great to have it on the yard. Obviously, it can cause quite a bit of chaos, and it does require really good biosecurity, yard management, working together with your vet. But in terms of sort of safety, long-term prognosis for your horse, it's, it's not too bleak a picture then. That, that's really good to hear. And then you mentioned about these silent carriers. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? So are these horses that have got strangles that perhaps don't look like they've got strangles? Um, sort of, yes. Um, now these these really are the important the, the important um, guys because the, these the carriers are, are, are really the, the ones that are perpetuating the the, the spread of strangles and and you know we we kind of we 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 say that the strangles is endemic in the horse population. It's these guys that keep it endemic. So. Um, what happens here is um, the infection gets into the guttural pouches. Um, the horses will recover from it, but, but the infection persists in the guttural pouch. And so at times of stress, movement, etc., um, they may shed that bacteria intermittently. So every now and again, they'll be shedding this bacteria because they're a carrier. Um, and um, it's then when some of these naive horses, i.e. the horses that have never come into contact with strangles before, are picking this disease up um, and, um, and, and then you set up this big kind of spread of, of infection on a yard. Um, so, so yeah, the carriers are, are, are kind of... Um, so as an owner, you're, you might not know that your horse is a carrier. Yeah. Could have had it. Could it have it um, be in a state for several years? Then could it? Yes, it could. So you could um, unwittingly purchase a, a horse that's a carrier, um, and and the previous owner might not be aware as well. Mm. Um, I think I think if if you've got a horse that's had strangles, there's a potential that your horse could become a carrier as a result of that. And we generally try and um, get people to. Um, do an endoscopy of the guttural pouches. We take samples from those to, to see if there's any um, bacteria in there um, that may suggest that your horse is going to be to be a carrier. Um, we can then try and treat those, but it still it still is quite difficult to know for certain um, that that your horse is or isn't a carrier because obviously they can shed this intermittently there's no way so there's looking from the outside so to speak mm -hmm. uh, as an owner you wouldn't necessarily know and i guess as you said because they're not shedding this all the time it's potentially more of a stressful time that sounds like competitions and moving yards mm, yeah. which just really highlights isn't it the need for that that good biosecurity and mm. 
some sort of isolation procedure when a new horse arrives at the yard because you just don't know. Um, obviously, there's testing, which we'll talk about in the biosecurity unit, but um, you just don't know exactly um, what, what horses are bringing into ERD, where keeping them separate from the others um, for a few weeks is, is definitely really sensible. Well, that's really, really helpful, Rob. I mean, we've covered covered lots of different conditions. So I think to, to summarise then for people listening, if your horse has got a snotty nose, We've said there's quite a broad spectrum that that could um, to cover. It's not necessarily panic station, something really infectious, but you shouldn't dismiss it because there are quite a few infectious causes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a key time to, to call your vet and trying to just uh, notice um, something like a, a slight discharge early on and just perhaps have a chat with your vet just to see what it could be. And the importance of taking the horse's temperature if you do notice they've got a slight snotty nose. Um, but no, that's been super useful. Thanks, thanks very much for that. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that podcast episode all about snotty noses. So snotty noses are definitely a key time to call your vet. And don't forget there's lots of helpful information you could provide your vet with, such as colour, consistency and smell of the nasal discharge. Quite often, snotty noses are uh, have an infectious cause, so don't forget to take your horse's temperature. And if you're in any doubt, try and separate the horse with the snotty nose to try and limit the spread of any potential infectious disease.